We're back. It's the Conspirapod. This is Conspirapod Part yeah. 2. We followed up on an idea <laughs> for the first time in our two-year history. Good to be here. Hey, Good to see you again. You yeah. Again. Yeah. Are you ready? Like, ready as I'm gonna be. Well, all right. First so off, the, let's talk about how we got started on the conspiracy theories last time. We kind of talked about chaos, the book chaos. With Charles Manson. Which and you're reading Fritz, right now. Which I'm currently yeah. reading. Almost done. Very good book. And then we were like, oh, let's do a conspiracy, like strictly conspiracy theory pod. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to co- we're gonna say two conspiracy theories, one of which is a conspiracy theory that is out there. It is true. You can do research on it. The second one, <coughs> we made up. We have fabricated and each of us have to decide. We have to choose which one we think is real. And and we say that this is going to strictly be the conspirapod, but I'm sure we'll be talking about Star Wars by the end of this. More than likely. Yeah. And we have to follow up on the world games. Oh, yeah. Oh, did, yeah. has more well, unfolded? Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Do we yeah. want to start off with that? or? Sure, we can. Yeah. I think well, that'd be kind of a good little warm-up. <laughs> we're uh, about 14 million short of paying the world games. Apparently, we have to pay them a lot of money, and our, the vendors and all that. Well, I mean, I was just reading on the Birmingham subreddit. Uh, unfortunately, I was on the Birmingham subreddit. That's okay. <laughs> but um, someone was lamenting as a... It sounded like they were an orchestra uh, instrumentalist. Oh, for And the they haven't ceremony? been paid. Oh, great. Um, okay. And they, it sounded like they were promised something like $2,000 or more. Uh, and so that's putting regular people... In a hurting beyond the normal whining about Birmingham's mis- misadventures. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's kind of like uh, city stages all over again with not being able to pay people. But what it sounds like is that people are, I don't know if scapegoating is the right word, but they're really blaming the CEO of World Games for over-inflating ticket sales. Uh, and the effect that it had on the locals was, gosh, there's going to be so many people down here. We're not even going to bother. And so if you're in the service industry in that area, I think everybody saw um, a decrease in business. Oh, yeah. Um, in addition to high ticket prices, um, you can only imagine if it was 10 or $15 instead of 50 for an event, you probably would have gotten a lot more locals down there. And For sure. Yeah, I paid 25 bucks to go see two lacrosse games, but those two lacrosse games were about the same length as a regular lacrosse game, which normally cost 10 bucks. Yeah. So. I feel like when you're doing all of like these events, there should be 
Like, like there, there sh- it, it shouldn't be as expensive, right? Right. Because you have it all kind of centralized. Granted, there, there were plenty of events that did not even happen in the city. They happened very much so on, like, the outskirts. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It, 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 it did sound pretty expensive. Yeah, very. And apparently the vendors, like, have they haven't gotten paid either from the city, so... It's really very, very poggers. And a lot of them took uh, lower, lower contract fees because they were promised like VIP passes oh, and logo representation, which I'm sure that part of it happened. But, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. so the mayor's proposing the city council extend a final payout of five million dollars. And then our mayor, that, Will Norris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham <laughs> Uh Yeah, I just saw that we were 15, 14 million short of what we owed. The city owed. They'll just put it on our water bill. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a, that's a fucking racket if I've ever heard one. We got some of the cleanest water in the. They not just in the that. country, but yeah. also Birmingham has some of the cleanest water in the state. Yeah. I mean, it works, but uh, at what cost? I'll pay good money for that for that wah wah. All right. <laughs> All right so. Well, damn, that kind of bummed me out. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Did you ever hear about the World Games before the World Games came here? Here, here I, was no, I did not. Here was my perception of like well, the World Games yes, leading up to it. I remember going down thirty one uh, to get into the city, and above that, um, where Highland Ave. Uh, the the overpass right yeah it there was that like electronic sign that said like world games 752 days away and then the next time i looked at it it said 5 days away <laughs> and it's like i was like holy fuck that's, that's yeah, happening quick. the world is watching the world yeah. is watching we're not ready i wonder if that's how they handled all that they didn't entirely plan it, and then one day one of them saw that sign. They were like, "Oh, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh guys? shit! Fuck! We really try- we got to get this shit together." It's the equivalent of uh, you having a project due the next day, and you get out to your mom at like nine o'clock and be yeah. like, "I need color markers and <laughs> tape for my project. I need an eight foot by eight foot construction paper poster." Yeah. So where do you get that at nine o'clock at night? Right, Ed. Probably, probably Walmart. Yeah, that's that's they a probably Walmart get the trip. big the big textile. That's, that's a that's a Walmart trip where you get yelled at the entire <laughs> way there. Your mom is walking fast. You have to you you have to keep you're tailing behind her as she is angry walking throughout the store. Yeah, I've had to experience that several times. It was not fun. <laughs> On my birthday one year too, that was a lot of fun. Yes, dude. Happy fucking birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Still traumatized. All right, so we want to get into this. I would love to. Yeah, who wants, who wants to, start, to go? Yeah, yeah. Who wants to start us off? Do you want to start us off, Couch? Sure, I'll start off. Uh, All right. And before we get into the formalities of it, I thought it'd be fun to maybe go through some of the historic conspiracy theories. Sure. And, yeah. Absolutely. Um, kind of honorable mentions, legacy. Yeah. Mentions, yeah. if yes. you will, alumni. Yes. So um, I'm just going to kind of be reading these off. The Earth is flat. You know that that's like tried well. That's just a fact. That's confirmed. Ky- Kyrie, <laughs> the moon is cheese. 
it. right? Would you eat it? I'm, Gotta love I sure that would. one. Fluoride lowers your IQ. What? Excuse me. Fluoride in the water. Uh, the only thing I've heard about fluoride in the water is it, that it turns the frogs gay. Yeah. I think that's more about plastics. Oh, uh, okay. Is that it? Uh, but that's on this list. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, Shut up. <laughs> but just to give some of y'all a brief history, there, fluoride was discovered as a cavity preventer mm-hmm. because there was a uh, dentist that traveled to a community in Colorado, I believe, and none of the children ever had cavities there. And he was like, what's going on here? And at the time, I think that cavities were a lot more prevalent. Anyway, they figured out that there was fluoride in the water. I like to think that, that like they were so prevalent at the time that that was the first thing that he noticed when he arrived. Yes. He was like, wait a minute. Yeah, because he was looking at these kids' mouths all the time. All right, the Obama <laughs> for frogs, uh, Paul McCartney's dead. Um, Alex Jones is actually Bill Hicks. The comedian. I've heard this one. Um, I really, I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. They, they look similar, and uh, I guess they share some comedic and anger. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Commonalities, um, and also Alex Jones's emergence in his current career was correlated with uh, roughly the timeline of Bill Hicks's death. Um, Operation Northwoods, uh, when. Uh, the military industrial complex as it were and the CIA was trying to convince Kennedy to do a false flag operation in the US to make it appear that it was Cuba so that they could start that war because they were concerned about oh, yeah. missiles. And so this goes this goes back to uh, the Spanish American War. I can't remember the name of the ship. There was an attack on a ship. The Gulf of Tonkin in Vietnam, 9-11. So all these Bay of right, pigs. false flag-like campaigns. And, it, and at least with this one with Cuba and um, Kennedy, he Kennedy was like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that could tie in with uh, a reason why these intelligence agencies really had it out for uh, Kennedy, that he wouldn't play ball with them and flirted with the idea of dismantling them. Uh, and then there's another one I was reading about recently, Operation High Jump. And this has to do with Nazis attaining alien technology and then when they lost the war, moving it to Antarctica. And that there's big alien technology bases that were started by the Germans. This actually kind of ties into one of my conspiracies that I will be talking about. So that being said, that that was kind of my short list of lovable conspiracies. Those are all very good. so I'll go into my main one, which is uh, it's an established conspiracy. We know that parts of it had happened, but it also there are is a perhaps a wider scope to it that may continue to this day that we don't know about, and it's the MK Ultra experiments oh, uh, that we were yes. mentioning earlier with chaos. So where did this begin? This began with the Cold War, um, particularly the Korean War. We're we're familiar with this movie, The Manchurian Candidate. When, yeah. Uh, there were soldiers coming back that had admitted war crimes and, and perhaps had been brainwashed into uh, disavowing the United States. Um, so the, the government and the CIA, we're going to be saying that a lot, the government, yeah. <laughs> uh, the government, decided that they were very concerned with the Soviet and communist capabilities when it came to um, mind control things like that and so they wanted to get ahead of it and 
uh, one of the first things that they did was to try and buy up all the LSD that there was in the world. <laughs> they were really concerned that that Russia had already kind of gotten ahead on what LSD is capable of, and they didn't want that to happen, so they started buying it all up and performing experiments on people, witting and unwitting. So some of the witting people were like the... Uh, the scientists themselves are mm-hmm. like, uh, well, we need to know what this is actually going to do. And then there was one, I think it was called Operation Midnight Climax. It's so, so sick. These eight, <laughs> these, uh, and, and by the way, MKUltra was started by this guy named Dulles, who they named the airport after, right? right. CIA guy in like the early 50s. So uh, Operation Midnight Climax, they uh, created basically a brothel uh, one particular room uh, where they decked it out with like red velvet drapes and sexy pictures and uh, they uh, basically turned all these prostitutes and they said hey if you um, if you do what we're telling you to do you know in the future we'll uh, intervene if you're ever arrested for for prostituting or whatever it is and so in this room they had a two way mirror of course and they bugged it and so there's a guy in there and because he didn't want to miss anything, he had a portable toilet in this room. And he, be, and he talked about how much fun it was just to watch these hookers, um, you know, um, doing their thing <laughs> with these various Johns. Well, they were dosing the Johns yeah. with LSD, and then they would uh, follow them. So I think that some of it was happening in the room as far as the trip. Mm-hmm. And then... Depending on, so like, how long they were in there. So you yeah. can just imagine, like, you're just a American citizen trying to get your rocks off. You've never even heard of LSD or psychedelics in general. And all of a sudden, you're under the influence to a great degree. It's, it's melting your face. Yeah, yeah, you would not know what was going on. Um, so they started doing that. And then they started doing it to witting subjects uh, that needed psychological help, like people with major depression, things like that. And so they're dosing them for days and weeks at a time and uh, giving them repetitive messages and things to, um, you know, perhaps control their mind or change their mind. And LSD wasn't the only thing that was used. Uh, electroshock treatment. I mean, they would have people asleep for 23 days while giving them intense electric shocks while playing tapes. And these people have no memory of it. I mean, electroshock, it wipes out your memory uh, to a great degree. Um, And it's coming back these days in a smaller degree and showing success in depression. But back then, they were just giving people way too much. You're talking about LSD, not electroshock. No, I'm talking about electroshock. Oh, you're talking about electroshock? Yeah. So I just transitioned into electroshock a little bit. But they were using them in conjunction, depending on the patient. And they were even doing this in Canada. And so there's actually a lot more documentation in the Canadian experiments uh, that you can find than with the U.S. ones. So who are some known subjects of MKUltra? Well, I think the, the best known is Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. So going into his history a little bit, Ted Kaczynski was born into a normal American family, so to speak. He had an older brother. And at a very young age, at a formidable toddler stage, he got sick. And I can't remember what it was he got sick with, but the doctors quarantined him for months at a time 
away from his parents. And so he became withdrawn. You know, he didn't have the nurture from the mother and the family. And so it always made him a little bit weird. And his family talks about that, how they, you know, what those doctors did to him in isolating him as a toddler really affected him. And so he became a brilliant uh, student and attended Harvard, I believe, and was really uh, smart. And so he, um, I can't remember if he agreed to be a subject or not, but I think the things that were happening to him, he didn't know that that was part of the experiment. And basically, they were doing this negative reinforcement only with one professor in particular. So it didn't matter how good he did in this class or, you know, what ideas he had or how he's performing, he only got negative uh, feedback. And this kind of exacerbated what was going on in infancy with him, and it made him more withdrawn. And, of course, he became a reclusive, shack-living, middle-of-nowhere male bomber. Um, real, real Sigma male type. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just terrible. Yeah, hated it's terrible. people, and uh, you know he forced the media to to publish his uh, manifesto, which of course the the preamble to that is uh, the industrial revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race, and that is uh, uh, not so hard to argue, you know, when it's you really not. think about it. Yeah. So uh, got to give it up, Ted Gazinski, <laughs> father. <laughs> Um, Whitey Bulger mm-hmm. has also yes. uh, uh, claimed that he was the subject of LSD experiments through MK Ultra. Um, Whitey Bulger, the mafia crime boss in Boston in the eighties. He was uh, 90s, f- for the 90s. Irish. For the Irish, he? yeah, Irish mafia, yeah, um, killed many people. Oh yeah, and so a couple things that are brought up in the book Chaos by Tom O'Brien. Uh, Jack Ruby is a potential subject. Um, Sirhan Sirhan, the the assassin of Robert F. Kennedy, and of course Charles Manson. And so, what? How do we suspect those three people of being a part of it? Well, starting with um, Manson. He seemed to be getting special treatment from the criminal justice system before the Manson family existed. So he was in and out of prison his whole life. His mother was a prostitute. He lived a life of crime. And he somehow kept getting let out. In fact, one time he left the country to live in Mexico, which was a violation of his parole, but he was allowed to do it at the behest of a a certain doctor that he was involved with while he was in prison. Um, So... Another indication that he was a subject of these experiments is is that the idea is that on the ranch, when he was with the Manson family, he convinced these otherwise normal American kids to perform these murders. And so the the prosecutor, the famous prosecutor in the in the case, uh, Bugliosi, you know, kind of glazed over and just said, "Oh, these kids and the the counterculture affected them, and they went they went the wrong way, and you know they were." football players and beauty queens and this and that in high school and now they're scum of the earth counterculture but what Manson was doing to these kids was dosing them on LSD for a month at a time uh, graying their minds as to what is life what is death what is love 
what is sex and he would basically have them perform sex acts on each other on him while they're under the influence of lsd literally for months and so it definitely warped their minds but this is so similar to what we know about the mk ultra experiments to a degree and so you could say well perhaps manson was just such a sociopath that these experiments were just never going to work on him and he simply learned how to do exactly what they were doing in his own little compound in his own little microcosm and would you agree with that? Because I haven't finished I'd, the book yet. A hundred percent. I agree with yes. that, but I think it's also like kind of reasonable to to think that maybe uh, the, like his constant release and uh, like him, you know, committing to to what he what he had done was actually the desired effect. Like he was put out into the wild to go and do something like that, so that it may be studied. Yeah, and, and you know one of the things that he was said that he was trying to bring about was a race war. Right, right. That he wanted this to seem like a racial crime, which didn't, wasn't really performed well. When people dug into Bugli, it's not Buglios. It's I can't ever pronounce his name. Bugliosi. Bugliosi. Uh, when they dig into Helter Skelter, which is the book he wrote after the, the trial, the best-selling real true crime novel of all time. Of all time, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, when people dive into that, they realize pretty quickly that that theory of he wanted to start a race war with the Black Panthers and blame the murders on them is completely like nonsensical. Like that was not his motive for doing these murders. It's the chaos of it all. Like, exactly. I think in saying that, like it was completely intentional. Like it, he did that on purpose. To now he was racist and he did hate the black Panthers, but this was not the, in- that was an unusual effect. sentiment at the right. time. Exactly. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. So, to, so to expound on those two other guys, Jack Ruby and Sirhan Sirhan. So, uh, when Sirhan Sirhan, uh, shot Robert F. Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. The people that had first contact with him after he was held to the ground and stuff like that was that he had no idea what had just happened. He was unaware that he had just shot the president. Um, and this has parallels with Jack Ruby, of course. Jack Ruby shot Kennedy's accused assassin Lee Harvey Oswald in the parking garage of the Dallas Police Department and upon his arrest immediately after firing the gun he knew these cops he was like a man who knew people and he had he was a nightclub in Miami and he knew these guys by name and he was saying stuff like Bob Ted what are you doing it's me Jack what's going on like he had no idea you know, he wasn't that indignant about shooting him. It was as if he wasn't aware what just happened. So this would um, lead into the theory that perhaps there was a trigger, that he, his mind was conditioned right. to be triggered into performing a heinous act um, that he would be una- otherwise unaware of. Um, because, as we know, hypnosis does work to a degree as... Yeah. can bring back regressed memories or things that your your brain to protect yourself will um, encapsulate and hide traumatic memories, right? Right, yeah. And so I just thought that was really... But, but so does, like, repetition. And, like, yeah. 
going back to some of the things that we know about like MK Ultra, people not even remembering 23 days, right? He could have been being conditioned during this time and he has no idea, he has no recollection right. of it. And so these the, were it's the Pavlov's dog thing. Like it's the, the the trigger happens, you do the damn thing. Right. Yeah. It becomes instinctual. Yeah. And so this was in the infancy of the research and the experiments of MK Ultra when these things happened, you know. And perhaps these were things that went wrong to a degree in the experiments that were unintended or intended, like Ted Kaczynski, for instance, or or Jack Ruby, but um which you have to ask the question, did MKUltra stop? Did they rename it? Have they continued on? How much better are they at it now? And is there a substance now that we don't even know about that, like people did back in the day, they didn't know LSD was a thing. They didn't know its side effects. Is there something now we don't know about? Many people say it's memes and a social media. That's the new thing. Or that that might just have been like a result. I quite possibly MK Ultra actually did have like its desired effect, and we are actually living in that world where we are in fact being controlled, and we don't entirely know it. Very true. So there's a related conspiracy theory to this, which is the internet is dead theory. I don't know if y'all have heard this. That sometime no. around 2016, that the internet started to become predominantly AI and bot driven as opposed to just normal people. And so when you talk about, when people talk about the media techocracy and this oligarchy of tech giants that are running the country and feeding us our talking points, you know, could this be an extension of that? And then have you... And is it actually just automated? Is that that what you're saying? Like it's just, it's AI doing that? Or that... You know, I think something like when Elon Musk was accusing Twitter of having just mainly bot accounts. Right. That maybe they're not actual robots, but they're just people sitting in a room that have a thousand accounts at their their fingertips, and they're just doing the same thing on each one of them. Uh, Have you all ever seen the compilation videos of local TV? Yes. Where they're all saying the same thing thing. over and over and over again. And so, I mean, that's pretty clear that there's something coming down from the top that's saying, like, this is is how we're going to spin this, this is how we're going to talk about it. And it's how you do it with any company. It's like, hey, something went down in the company, and this is how we need to um, put the image out there about what happened and, you know, the message. But they're doing it on a large national scale uh, about things that are a lot more important than that. Yeah. And so that that's kind of it. It's the the kind of greater mind control conspiracy. I also want to say the co-ed kill, killer had uh, what was his name? Um, Big guy. Fucking not. Fuck. What was the co? No, that wasn't Bundy. It was um. <clears throat> T- oh, shit. But Ted Bundy killed, like... Yeah, sure. Killed. Okay. But that's not who you're thinking of. No. Okay. Let me look this guy up. Oh, well, I'm going to s- say... Well, that was... Yeah. Edmund Kemper. Oh, Kemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was triggered by his mom. But did, Right, but I, I think he actually... He was, was like, he institutionalized at one point. Oh, and, yeah. Um... He he had talked about being experimented on. Right. I didn't know that about Kemp. 
There's actually there's quite a few serial killers out there <clears throat> that had um, had ties to MK Ultra. Hell, I want to say <clears throat> one of Whitey Bulger's associates, this guy named Johnny Karate. Um, look look like up a little look up a little something about that guy. Oh, no. If that guy had not been <coughs> in organized crime, he literally would have just been a serial killer. But at right. one point, he goes out. He, this guy like literally leaves the country, goes to Japan, and studies like martial arts for like a while. But a lot of his friends and family can't entirely confirm that. They're like, we didn't really talk to him. Yeah. For like that, for that stay of time. And he comes back and he's like subverting like authorities, killing people like left and right. Um, I mean, just absolutely calling, causing like a ruckus, you know? Jesus. So are we doing the fake ones all at the end? You can do, oh. Oh, well, d- go ahead. Yeah. Are you sure? We, we had to decide which one's real and which one's fake. Oh. <laughs> but why don't you tell us your fake one? Oh, it's not going to be that hard. All right. Yeah, mine's going to be pretty easy. The Vulcan statue oh, is I'm a mind control device. <laughs> well, I've already, I've always had my theories on this, but yeah, please go ahead. Okay. So the history of the Vulcan statue is that it was built in the early 1900s for the St. Louis World's Fair by a Birminghamian who was an Italian immigrant, Giuseppe Moretti. He was paid $6,000 for this, which would be $180,000 in today's money. So quite a bit. It's pretty nice. Largest cast iron statue that was built, and uh, he used that money later to uh, purchase land in Silicaga for the Silicaga marble fields, which... Today is a huge resource for um, toothpaste and things like that, but it also produces some of the finest grain marble, which is even used in churches in Italy. Really? Silicaga marble. Wow. All right, so it spent some time in disrepair at the fairgrounds. It was was, uh, erected at Lynn Park for a period of time, and it wasn't, you know, it's in pieces, so it wasn't even put together properly. Like, the arm was on backwards for years. (laughs) And so it was, it was finally in like the The 30s. ass was where the dick should be. Yeah. <laughs> so finally in the 30s, they had a big festival when they erected Vulcan where he stands today. But between the years of 1999 and 2004, he went through a big renovation and overhaul. He sure did. I can't confirm. I saw his head and ass at the Birmingham Museum of Art. Yes. I touched both. So they took him down and they put him back up. But they reoriented him. He's pointing slightly more northeast. He was pointing almost straight north. And so my theory is that it's during that time, and this is also during the time where, like, PRISM, the government listening uh, program that yeah. Snowden uncovered, uh, the, 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 uh, the Patriot Act, 9-11, all this stuff was going on. So what they were doing was retuning the device. Oh, my gosh. And making it a, a, a mind-control listening device. Yeah. And that's why everybody in Birmingham is so, such a dumbass. <laughs> also, Langford, he had a layer up in there where a he Langford came up with layer. all his big World Games plans. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Water, Birmingham Waterworks plans. Yes. <clears throat> in the in the nineties, it did, he didn't actually have a, a spearhead. He had a uh, it was some sort of torch, 
and it would change colors if somebody had uh, if there was a fatality if there was on a traffic Birmingham roadways yeah yeah it would be red and they 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 ended that because it was causing accidents on the <laughs> on, <laughs> yeah. on the road yeah. below Vulcan. It sure was because people were trying he, to stare at it. He also had, but I, here's uh, I'd like to put this one forth. I Let's hear it. Um, it turned red to signal feeding time for the uh, interdimensional reptile pedophile vampires. Right. Oh shit. Okay. That live. In the 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 Vulcan layer with Langford. That's right. Yeah, I mean that's totally feasible. And that <laughs> is completely. And here here's some uh, other things. Actually, yeah. I think we talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast. It used to have uh, at one point in time, Vulcan had a peanut in his hand. He had a uh, a pickle for a time. I want to uh-huh. say. And then I think he also, I, he had a soda can. I think an ice cream cone? Yeah, yeah. I think there was an ice cream cone yeah, at one point. it was used as an advertisement. Yeah. Uh, they used Vulcan for advertising so, oh, and shit. So were, yeah. people, were the companies just like, we'll build an ice cream that'll like go into his hand? Was his hand like hollow? Or how did they So I think it? that they were... I, I really couldn't tell you. I, I never looked that up. I think that was bef- I think that was in the fairgrounds days. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, before he was on Red Mountain. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and I mean that ju- that also sounds like chaos. Maybe MK Ultra had something to do with that. I can see that. It's like buy more ice cream, buy more ice. Feeding the dumbassery that exists in Birmingham today. <laughs> buy more soda. God, I think high fructose corn syrup. That might be a. That might be the new. Uh, LSD that government cheesing <laughs> on us, <laughs> making us dumber. I, I, I tell you what, man, I do be feeling weird after I get some of that in me. Whew. God damn, <laughs> Smountain Dew. I feel a certain kind of way. <laughs> I got very different thoughts. <laughs> All well, right. damn, Couch, that, that was, was awesome. Sick. That was very Fuck yeah. Dive. That was great. <laughs> Holy I'm shit! Glad y'all enjoyed it. Hope everybody at home did it. too. I, th- I think MK Ultra is also it's not low hanging fruit on the no. totem pole of uh, of conspiracies. Like that is that is a very easy sell, and like the uh, I think everyone can kind of like appreciate just like the web, the the all encompassing web that it that it covers. I mean, holy fuck! We we didn't even we didn't even dent we that uh, we. We put our finger on a dusty coffee table. That's we did not dent MK Ultra there. It's pretty amazing though. Closer to the year that they release those documents on the Kennedy on, ones. No, those have been released. What I'm thinking, what I'm talking about, it's like they had to have was it 50 years or something until records can be released. Yeah, but like, they extend them and redact and yeah, that's true. Like with the Kennedy thing, like we really didn't learn anything more. No, we didn't learn anything. But it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be—I mean, because well, someone eventually is gonna have to speak up. Oswald said he was just a patsy. Just a patsy. And where's the or babushka who? lady? The babushka lady. Who's the in, babushka lady? In the Zapruder film, the famous film yeah. that uh, shows the assassination of the president and. On November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, at Dealey Plaza in Dallas, there was a lady taking photos across the street. Yeah, and she had yeah. like a 
like a shawl. She has sunglasses you know, on. Kind of an old lady look. Yeah. And she was a witness that had was never identified or found. And she had what appeared to be pertinent photos that would have perhaps shown the school book depository window. I, you know what? I know where she's at. Where? She's in the Vulcan lair. Ooh, fuck. We gotta get over there. <laughs> Damn. All right. It's I five bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Oh, we can do that. Babushka lady's last name? Langford. Oh, fuck. It's Larry Langford's mom. It was Loretta Langford. <laughs> it's Loretta Langford. I once applied to work at the Vulcan Museum to be like their program coordinator. And the uh, executive director emailed me back. All she said was, how did you find out about this? That was it. And then like her email signature. Conspiracy theories Sent aside, what the fuck do you mean? How did I find out about this? There's exactly. a statue there. There's <laughs> that, like, well, about, I think she iPhone. meant about the job, but she didn't oh. phrase it that way or anything. It was literally just like, how did you find out about this? Well, I think it's a reasonable thought. You see Vulcan, you see that there's a, a structure there. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, I bet you they have jobs. It's Let me look into a, that. There was also a job posting that they posted. I, I officiated a wedding there. They have offices on the bottom floor. Yeah, that's, that's where I would have I worked. get to hang out in the office. It's <laughs> wild. Okay. We ready for mine? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So here is... Damn it. There's two. You'll have to figure out which one is real, which one is not real. All right. One sec. Let me pull them up. Because... I'm going to have the same issue. I have all my notes on my phone. It's okay. Uh, So 1989, Moscow has their biggest rock uh, music concert ever. So communist Russia, rock music, like, wasn't Is this the one in, like, Metallica and, like, Pantera? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what they did on the military base. The videos of this concert are, like... Legendary Metallica to this day says that is the biggest concert they've ever played. Um, it, it's massive. It looks helicopters crazy. flying like yeah. fifty feet over. There's the like three hundred thousand exactly. people there. Well, Scorpions, uh, the German rock band, also played that concert. They fucking rule. Scorpions do rule. Now they, the story is, the story that we've been told, is that Klaus Meine, the lead singer of Scorpions was taking a boat tour of Moscow um, kind of through the sea because Moscow's on a peninsula. Mm-hmm. So, and he could see the change that was, like, starting to happen within Moscow, how, you know, young people and just the whole idea of communism was kind of starting to fade, but it was still there, still very much a part of that culture. So he wrote writes a song called Winds of Change, this song, which isn't big in the U.S., is massive in Europe. Like, it's, it's a huge song. People to this day are like, that song, like, changed my life. It changed the way I looked at, you know, government and young people and just culture in general. Culture in general, yeah. yeah. So, the thing that's crazy is Klaus Meiner had never written a song before. The guitarist was the singer or was the writer of all the songs. The conspiracy is, and even them being a German uh, band, the Berlin Wall had not come down yet. Communist sentiment in Germany at this time was still pretty damn strong. So that's the story we've been told. 
Winds of Change brings about, you know, anti-communism. This is a real powerful story. Well, it comes out a couple of years ago, the CIA operative who's been in the field was like, yeah, the CIA wrote that song and gave it to the Scorpions. And Klaus Schmeiner is a CIA operative. <laughs> Klaus Schmeiner, um, it, it, numerous times has been seen at CIA parties, like just like dinner parties and stuff, and was even given an award for like outstanding service. Wow. And this is ne- not on the record books. This is just like secondhand information that's being brought down. And some CIA operatives that have been like interviewed, they're like, well, think about it. We've gone into countries, overthrown the government, you propaganda. know, ta- propaganda, this and that. Why the fuck couldn't we write a rock song that changed the way young people in these countries thought about communism and completely like got rid of it in a year? It's like Ba with the Ba back in rock. Oh, that should change my life. Yeah. Is that was my name on Facebook, Bowit DeBaugh, for like two and a half years. I wanted nothing to do with trailer parks, and then I heard that song, and I was like, get me in <laughs> Get one. me in a fucking trailer. I wonder what other hits the CIA has on the it charts. makes <laughs> you think. So that's... <clears throat> last, cur- last Caress by the Misfits. <laughs> that's got to be one. Um, like a bomb by Raging Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping on the fire. All, all, the whole That Raging is an interesting catalog. conspiracy, but I think it's also kind of a reasonable one. And, like, let's think, like, maybe he's not even employed by the CIA. The CIA, time and time again, has actually uh, approached people and been, like, and been like, hey, can like, please, like, keep doing, like, what you're doing. Yeah. And also, well, like, what do you know about these things that, like, you're involved in? Keep doing, like, what you're doing. We have, like, your back. Yeah. You, we're not employing you by any means. Now, Klaus Meiner, to this day, has said I have that these are all lies. I wrote that song because of what I saw happening in Russia. And, like, I did all this. And it, it hurts me that people think that I didn't do this. Well, quit going to the like, parties, dude. They're going to CIA parties. <laughs> now, that, and that could also be, you know, made up where there's a CIA operative who looks just like Klaus Schmeiner. Like, so, like do, do we know? Okay. Also, this might be a fake one. It could yeah. be a fake one. Yeah. Hmm. So think about that. All right. Second one. Now I definitely have to bring out my news because there's a lot of dates involved in this one. Okay. So this is the Monroe, Maryland Monroe Bay of Pigs conspiracy. Uh, so February of 61, um, John F. Kennedy has, and, and his brother, or John F. Kennedy has just become president in 61, January of 61. Even before the before he became president, he was very, him and his brother were very prominent. You know, a political family. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe's hooking up with both of them. We we all that is confirmed. That we is all confirmed. Know that. We all know that. that they is fucked. True. They fucked. So, February of sixty one, the brothers who were just using Monroe catch wind. W- weren't they, they both fucking her? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird brotherly bonding at all. <laughs> but um, oh boy, they them along you know with the CIA are like okay, Castro is becoming a real fucking problem. We need to do something about it. Um, 
Hold on one sec. Sorry. We got to update Adobe. Yeah, we're, not, we're good. We're still good. We're still good. All right. Okay. So, uh, Castro is becoming a very big problem. Cold War is heating up pretty, pretty hot. So, like, all right. Here's Cold what we're going to do. We're going to give Marilyn chlamydia, send her down to Cuba, and she's going to hook up with Castro, give him chlamydia. He's going to die. The cure for chlamydia was not invented until the 80s. So even back then, if you caught chlamydia, it could be a real problem back then. Damn. So they sent her down to Cuba, but it's becoming more well-known that Marilyn Monroe was a lot smarter than people gave her credit for, and she had some very left leanings, even possible ties to Russia. So she goes down there, tells Castro... Hey, these are all the. This is what the U.S. is doing with their nuclear program because JFK couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut and was telling her all yeah, of this stuff. Post coitus uh, truth bombs. Exactly. It's crazy the information you can get after giving some good dome. You know? <laughs> Man, she must have. <laughs> she must have known um, where the button was. So she tells Castro all of the. U.S. intel on, not all the U.S. intel, but just tells what she knows about our nuclear program. Castro in turn goes, oh shit, <laughs> calls Russia and it's like, get the missiles down here now because we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect communism. We have to protect ourselves <clears throat> from the U.S. Marilyn Monroe goes back. Bay of Pigs happens uh, March of this year as a, of 61 as a direct result of Monroe telling Castro that what's happening and not giving him chlamydia. So follow up to six. This is where I have to look up the date. Um, cause when she died, uh, yeah. So the following year, Robert Kennedy finds out about this. JFK finds out about it too. He's like, this woman is a reason Bay of Pigs happened and possibly ruined my legacy. So she accidentally overdoses in L.A. Uh, Robert Kenny just happens to be in town when this happens. So there's a lot of missing minutes there. Um, but, yeah, Marilyn Monroe possibly could have caused is the reason that the Bay of Pigs happened. And this this. The Bay of Pigs actually ties into the, a lot of the things that we were talking yeah, about exactly. in regards to MK Ultra. What's the movie? Thirteen Days. Uh, it's about I don't know. It's about that that very tense time. It's JFK and his brother. We were minutes away from. Yeah. Twenty-one days, maybe. It's a good movie. It's about twenty years old. Oh, if you I'll like have to political see that. dialogue. Do. You? What's okay? So what's our consensus here on yeah. these? What these do you guys think? The theories? real one and the fake. Because I'm going to go ahead and say the the Marilyn Monroe Marilyn Monroe one that is real. Okay. The Klaus Minor one is fake. Okay. Couch. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go with that too. Okay. The Klaus Minor one, Scorpion's Winds of Change. That is real. Oh my God. That is real, and. I can't say names, but I work with a German man who I just happened to, um, cause I listened to the podcasts called winds of change about mm-hmm. this whole thing. I asked him, I was like, 
what do you know about the scorpions? He's like, I know the lead singer personally. He is a friend of mine. And I go, <laughs> everybody in Germany knows this guy. And I was like, okay, is he a CIA operative? And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, how do you, all right, for, do you know what I'm talking about? And he goes, yeah, winds of change. The CIA wrote it and gave it to him. And he's like, to this day, like claiming it's his. So there's some validity in there. Now, the Monroe thing, there was rumors that the CIA was thinking about giving Monroe chlamydia and sending her to Cuba, but that, as far as I know, <laughs> and everyone else knows, did not happen. That, that doesn't sound crazy to me. Of the Bay of Pigs. It kind of sounds like a, what a, a few fraternity brothers would like, <laughs> like scheme on yeah. campus. Yeah. Some like the dean's coming down on us hard. How are we gonna get him? <laughs> yeah. How How are we gonna get our uh, our what are they, their um uh, like what do they call like the houses? Like that's like fraternity the fraternity house. The, right, but like it's like a part of uh, the Greek society. The world. And, and, and you Greek you have world. to you actually have to do things to keep your uh, your status. Uh-huh. Right. Like they haven't been doing them. We got to give the dean chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll right. show his Some ass. Would say yeah. I do have a frat mentality. <laughs> well, you were in a frat. I was. Well, there you go. There we go. They MK Ultra'd you. They did MK Ultra. And, the, <laughs> and, and the remnants are clear to this day. We, Maybe I drank one, a little too much tank. Maybe we've been thinking it. about the Kennedys like all wrong. They we should have all along been thinking about them as frat bros. Yeah. They, they, they definitely commit to some real frat bro behavior. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ted Kennedy. Oh, man. Uh, RFK that's Jr. A, that's pretty fucking awesome, though. Thanks. Um, Good job. Thanks, man. So, Scorpion so which really... Ones were, uh, which ones do y'all think was fake on mine? All Just of it's real. <laughs> all, no, all of that was real. Um, all of it. Shit. Uh... God, I mean, I know it's fake, but I, I have not stopped thinking about the Vulcan thing. That was so creative. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, it, all day long, all yesterday, I'm like, <laughs> I can't think. I was texting my friends, do y'all have any fake conspiracy theories? And they were giving me, like, known ones. And I'm like, no, not known ones, fake ones. Right. And I'm like, all right. And I saw Vulcan, and I was like, that's it. Brilliant. I love it. God damn. We could start that rumor, like... <laughs> Oh, like, I mean, fucking people believe shit from uh, QAnon, like that nonsense. Yeah, if you put it on the Birmingham subreddit, though, they'll ban you right away. God damn it. Oh, no, not the Birmingham subreddit. God, it is the worst. Somebody needs to come up with, like, an alternative subreddit. Maybe we should advertise ourselves on that. Birmingham After Dark, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, we could do that. I know people really like that. Yeah. (laughs) Check out the pod. It's all things Birmingham. Well, damn. Great job, Trip. Thanks, man. Those are fucking good. I had fun. I had fun with that. I, I like the idea of Scorpion being like a really agency-pilled metal band. You yeah. Know, just like... For sure. <laughs> they're really... They're, they too, <laughs> they're really in on it. They are. <laughs> I mean, the Macarena took the world by storm. Holy shit, didn't you it? Know. I remember being messages. in like third grade doing the Macarena in my exercise dance class Everybody in elementary was school. Doing it. it was is, great. How should we be like perceiving art now? Is is art as a whole just a psyop? Fuck. 
Oddly enough, like a lot of people, they can open that. A lot of the people that in 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 our reality that can actually afford, you know, like famous paintings and afford to have them in their house are like government officials and shit like that. Well, the whole. They're like, yeah, that was my favorite project. Yeah, well, we art, had people rolling like over this one. It's like a yeah. fiat; like it only right. has value if other people think Get, it has value. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you could say, well, is art? When is art become art? It's is like it Kanye's behavior pays for it. Yeah, it's 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 really like Kanye's behavior. People only pay attention to it because other people pay attention to it. Right. right. Oh man, did y'all see that video? <laughs> it's a guy on the golf course, like as these like big shot golfers are coming off, like some really nice golf course. Hey, in one word, describe your emotions about Pete and Kim's breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Their reactions are pretty good. They're like, who? Who? Uh, they're word. losers. Uh, who cares? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I'm kind of nervous about talking about my, Don't uh, be about nervous. my little conspiracy. Here, you pull it up. And I'll I'm do. Gonna, I, I'm gonna, so I'm going to go ahead and take the L on my fake ones. I could not get creative enough okay. and That's find fine. a fake one. So I actually I went on a generator, uh, a conspiracy theory generator, and here are two of my favorite. Okay. Um, uh, babies are altering the direction of the sun's rays to get people to exercise. I don't... Let me sit on that for a minute. Yeah, I don't... It's like... So let's think about... Let's think about this in, like, maybe, like, uh, symbolic terms, all right? So, like, the youth of today were all about climate change, all right? Yeah, true. You got to stop driving those cars. You got to start biking to work. Yeah. I think there's a little truth in that. I agree with that. I think this is definitely an example of uh, art or life imitating art, you know? For sure. I thought that that one was kind of interesting. Here's another one. Okay. Bankers are changing the times of TV programs to hide how much money they have. I didn't think too deeply on that one. And I can see it on your faces that that you're thinking a little too hard about that one. Like I don't central know. standard or bankers <laughs> <laughs> are changing the times of TV programs to hide how much money they have. You mean the link, the duration? I, I couldn't tell you. You know, I can't. Uh, yeah, they're just. I can, see, we're thinking too much about the TV programs no. changing times. We're not thinking about all the money that these bankers have. I could see. No, here's what. It, follow me on this one. There's I a false see, flag. I could see where they would want to change. Like the news programs, because if the news program was running a story on the banks that was not in their favor, mm-hmm. they would want people to not watch. Yeah, it, they so do they it on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, when nobody's paying attention. Right, they they do that all the time. Like something really serious that they don't want everybody to know about to a great degree, they'll run it on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. When everybody's so, having like an early dinner and going out and getting drunk, exactly. Yeah. I'm not watching the news on Saturday on Fridays. No way. I listen. I listen to NPR almost all day though. That's pre- oh fuck, I forgot. That's I'll listen to it like we'll listen to it like in the kitchen, and it'll like it'll loop like twice. Uh, and I'll listen to it like two and a half times. I'm like, all right, we gotta we gotta put on 
turnstiles glow on. We got to do that. Looks we like got NASA music right now. Looks like national propaganda radio is doing its job. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. One All right. Co- one so, of my coworkers hit me with that one, and uh, I really enjoyed this. It's pretty fucking good. Um, all right, so um, I'm not gonna. Mine doesn't entirely have like a title. Mine is kind of like this series of events that occurs. Uh, there are dates involved. There are people involved. Okay. Um, and then I'm gonna kind of end with like a conclusion. Perfect. All right. He, to, to to start us off, though, all of this is real this is confirmed i think uh, we're kind of calling it conspiracy uh in regards to all of like the things that we really can't find out uh, we, we i think we kind of call this conspiracy uh in regards to the pageantry of it all it's all something we can't put in a box and put a bow on top exactly yeah. all right so we're going to rewind all the way to 1871 a book called uh the coming race Oh, shit. My fucking phone. Uh, By a man named Edward Bulwer-Lytton. It was published anonymously. It's also been published as Vril, The Power of the Coming Race. Um, Can I buy this on Amazon? It is a book about uh, this, like, ethereal race of beings called the Vril, all right? And they have put Aryans on Earth to like take it over all right now it's like this book comes out um and some time kind of passes and it it does it does do pretty well uh some readers have believed the account of a superior subterranean master race and the energy form called vril uh at at least in part uh some theosophists I still couldn't figure out. <laughs> I had read that so many times. Notably, Helena Blavatsky, William Scott Elliott, and Rudolf Steiner accepted the book as based on occult truth. Okay? They thought that shit was real. Okay? So is this, like, tie-in to, like, the Anunnaki of the Sumerian? Uh, uh, maybe. Myth? Maybe, like, loosely. That I guess we could speculate. That that could be a whole conspiracy in in and of itself. Sorry, real quick. Mm -hmm. um, Vril, the power of the coming race. Mm -hmm. Is if I read this book at the end of it, am I going to be? Don't probably not. I'm not going to be like, yeah, whites are the best. (laughs) No. Okay. Good. good. I don't believe so. No. It sounds like a very Um, because it's like a it's like a it was a science fiction novel is what it was like. um, So let's fast forward some time. Um, a society kind of pops up, uh, and they are called the Thule Society, all right? The Thule Society is actually credited with um, helping to start the Nazi party. They were at the beginnings of the uh, German Workers' Party. Spell that, Thule? T-H-U-L-E. Okay. They are at the beginning. They are in. A, they are an occult society, all right. They're uh, and they're they're actually loosely connected with the Golden Dawn, which is actually a very famous uh, English occult society with notable members such as like uh, William Butler Yeats, who is like a was a, a an established poet at the time. Hell, I had to study his work in uh, in like college. And uh, oh, another member, a Lester fucking Crawley. Okay. So these people are like 
loosely associated. Like they they have associates. They they, they chit chat. Mm-hmm. They send emails, right? So within the Thule Society, there's a closer inner circle called the Vril Society. All right. Within the society, this circle, the the women, all right, they believe they have like telekinetic powers, all right, and that they can fucking talk to aliens. And one way to do that is to grow their hair out. Notable members of the the Vril Society are Heinrich, Himmler, and Werner von Braun. You know, the guy that got us to the moon? <laughs> the guy, the guy. I've heard of him. He lived yeah. in Huntsville. He lived, he lived in, in Huntsville. <laughs> yeah. So would you is the implication here that their intentions were somehow paralleled with what eventually became the Nazi party? Yeah, or? no, they were at the... It, even Hitler was involved in the, the full society. Uh, towards, like, the waning years of, like, the war, he kind of cast it aside and doesn't really have, like, anything to do with them. Um... But, like, he was still into the occult. But like, so much at the beginnings of the Nazi party. Part of his ethos, so yeah. to speak. So, in fact, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, like in Marvel, how the Nazis are actually just like a, a false flag for uh, Hydra, an even worse, right. like, organization, yes. right? Yes. Um, it's almost as if the Nazi party is that. Like, uh, they they... They're rabble rousers, you know. <laughs> like other uh, members of the 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 Thule Society are another guy, Hans Frank. Um, he w- after Germany took over Poland, he was in charge of Poland. He was a huge government official. He oversaw the deaths of so many fucking people, man. Like the the and these people, like legit, that they believe that they have been put on Earth by like some ethereal race of beings Mm -hmm. and uh i guess they kind of dumbed it down and uh they're like no we're just superior don't worry about the aliens you know don't don't worry about those aliens i think it's interesting like a greater um idea amongst the intelligentsia and the powerful of the time and this is of course the industrial revolution where you have certain parts of the world that are accelerating and what they're capable of doing and other parts of the world that are still entrenched in tribal cultures and impoverished. Yeah. But I know around that time that those types of people that were uh, in the know were really concerned about how we were going to feed the growing world population because fertilizers didn't exist yet. And that was a whole revolution, the fertilizer revolution. And, right. and that guy was a Nazi. Uh, oh, sure. He was a World War One guy, and he, he figured out how to synthesize ammonia. And that, he, you know, he started making fertilizer, and then when the war broke out, he converted a lot of them into munitions. Of course, we know right. ammonium nitrate is in gunpowder and uh, um, <laughs> I mean, it's... All right, it gets deeper. All right, so um, more. Al- these are some alleged members of the Thule Society that we more or less uh, we're, like. We're pretty sure that these were also members of the Thule Society. Um, Dietrich Eckert, who actually coached Hitler on his public speaking, um, 
and uh, who was also fucking, uh, he was dedicated. He had a dedication in Mein Kampf. So the, wow, so he that, was that's pretty important. <laughs> pretty important, He's too. He's boy. Yeah, the, um, well, yeah, Hans Frank, Herman Goring, fucking Goring was in it, um, Rudolf Hess. So all the high command. Oh, yeah. Feder, that guy was in there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the biggest, nastiest motherfuckers. That, I mean, like, I remember reading these names in history books, right? right. All right, so moving on. So, like, yeah. Winter von Braun, right? He's a part of the uh, of the full society, and he's even more. Moreover, he's part of the inner circle called the Vril, right? So here's a little something about Werner. All right, he uh, was one of the leading figures in the development of rocket technology. At school, he acquired a copy of I'm going to totally murder this the Raketa Zuden Planetinerus Sumen, which translates to the rocket into interplanetary space by rocket pioneer Herman Oberth. That's a huge name as well. I, I want to say he was involved within the, the society. Um, Werner von Braun developed a teenage working relationship and exchange of ideas with Jack Parsons, a Los Angeles-based rocket scientist who in the early 1940s led the U.S.-based Lodge of the Ordo Templi Orientis, OTO for short. I might be getting a little ahead of... You, sorry, mm-hmm. but is this leading into JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratories? Because uh, I know Parsons. Not, I don't really, I'm not going to really touch okay. on it. Okay, because I know so, Parsons and Crowley yeah. were like doing LSD, maybe even. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, together, moreover, like. JPL. I've, here's a little bit, there's a little something on the OTO. Uh, it was an occult initiatory organization founded at the beginning of the 20th century. The, jur- the origins of the OTO can be tracked back to the German-speaking occultists Karl Kellner, Heinrich Klein, Franz Hartmann, and Theodore Russ. Some of those names I, I said earlier. I, w- I want to say Franz Hartmann I, I said earlier. Um, later, the OTO was significantly shaped by the English author and occultist Lester fucking Crawley. <laughs> So he's moved on from the Golden Dawn at this point, and he's working with the OTO. And he's, he's now directly associated with Werner von Braun. All right? It's, okay. <laughs> it's, All right. it's coming together, man. I mean, like, Lester Crowley was, like, literally... I figured who, who uh, nicknamed him the wickedest man in the world. It might have been Mussolini, or it might have been some sort of English um, uh, newspaper at the time. Is he the... Um, he's the he guy that the, created Thelema. Right. Yeah. The there's do a, what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Right. But, like, there's a picture of him. He has, like, a triangle hat on. Yes. And has his, like, fist up to his face. Or yeah. I want to say the Beatles used that as, like, album artwork at one point. Right. Um, someone had a shirt with his face on it. With oh, yeah. Face on it, he's not a great guy. Pink Floyd, I think, made allusions to him, and oh, yeah. Led Zeppelin. I think. Oh yeah, Zeppelin. I know there's this into really a great bargains with that dude. You can. There's this great documentary called "The Wickedest Man in the World," and you can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube, and it's narrated by Brian Cox. And at one point, one of the guys is talking about how. <laughs> I mean, Brian Cox. I mean, the the man played Agamemnon in Troy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, he does the voiceover for the McDonald's commercial. <laughs> he sure does. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, oh, fuck. I totally forgot what I was going to say there. Shit. It's okay. Keep Anyways, moving yeah, forward. We'll come back to it. So we're going to tie this back to Werner Von Braun. All right. Um, so I was kind of like, I wanted to kind of like look up his character, right? And I looked, I was trying to see what uh, some of his colleagues and coworkers said about him. And I found a man named John George, uh, who is, Definitely was an actual NASA, uh, uh, employee. He was a professor at, uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach. <laughs> Party on. Um, he kind of goes on to talk about how, like, he's like, in fact, uh, people were very, like, enamored by him, and he was quite nice, and we were quite nice to him, right? Uh, he, we all knew that he was a Nazi. He literally said that he was a fucking Nazi. Um, so, like, kind of going into, like, his character, like, I, I wanted to confirm kind of some of Werner's, like, intentions, just, like, as, like his behavior, right? Um, that makes sense. Leading up, it, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of close it down here. Um, leading up, kind of towards like the end of Warner's life, um, he's with like uh, a few NASA higher ups. They're doing it, it's protocol to like declassify things, right? Like you have to you have to go through like the rigmarole, you have to notate, you know. And uh, I can't imagine Werner did not come over here during P- Operation Paperclip without actual f- physical evidence and research uh, involving jet propulsion, right? So um, I want to say it's, this is like two years before he dies or something like that. Um, oh, wow. Because he died in 77. And, like, they've, we had landed on the moon in 69. Right, yeah. And so he had, he still kind of worked for NASA. Uh, I think in like the later years, it was de- like he was getting a little bit older, and you know. Um, so they ha- it's it's now come time to kind of declassify a few things, and some of the uh, information regarding. Um, this is not hearsay either. This is like a confirmed event. I, I could not find the guy's fucking name that said it. Um, he d- has written many essays about. It. He's like, no, I knew that guy, and. He said this to me, all right? <laughs> like, so he, um, it comes time to declassify all these fucking things. And the, the information in regards to jet propulsion is in plain view. And this guy is like, hey, um, you know, like, this was so ahead of its time, you know? Like, what were, like, the steps that you, that you had to take to get to this point? Like, who else was, like, involved in this? Like, this is, they're declassifying. They're trying to get all, like, the information. Like, uh, there is definitely like a historical prowess to to like declassifying actual documents and shit. Um, and Werner <laughs> is quoted in saying, "Oh, we had help." And he's like, he's asked like, "What do you mean you had it from who?" Obviously, like you had help, but like this is so advanced. He's like, "Oh no, like extraterrestrials, like aliens helped us." And he was no, he was quoted in saying this to many coworkers. He's like, "No, we had alien help." A man that was a part of a of an <laughs> society centered around aliens having put Aryans on the Earth to yeah. to to conquer it said, "Oh yeah, no, we had help. That's how we came up with jet propulsion. That's how I got you on the moon." <sighs> That's wild. Uh... <laughs> 
fucking so how does fucking it tie into Antarctica? Antarctica. Um, well, he was talking about Nazi alien bases and shit like oh, that. Yeah. I d- when I was doing a, my research, I found a lot about that. I'm like, I'm not going to even touch on that shit. Yeah. Well, I think the presumption is that if the aliens made contact with Germans first and later with the United States, that there was some kind of a deal that was struck. It was like, hey, you help us with stuff. We'll let you abduct people in the national parks or whatever it is. And I think, like... Because you would imagine, like... Because what's... Like, with all the footage that we've seen and, like, the Nimitz incident that's in the news Mm -hmm. now that happened almost 20 years ago, uh, these craft accelerate at such a speed that a human being inside would be crushed by the totally, G-forces. Easily. Yeah. And so, you know, what people like Bob Lazar proposes is that it's a gravity drive, that you're basically not... That air and inertia are no longer part of the equation with their type of propulsion. Um, which begs the question, why were they just messing around giving us their their outdated jet propulsion technology when we could have gravity drives, right? Right. Well, maybe they did give us that, but we couldn't figure out how to really get it right. Couldn't reverse engineer it. And we didn't have the elements to do it or the energy sources to to initiate it. And so that they moved some of that stuff to Antarctica where they're like, hey, we need to get as far away as possible. And, and the Antarctica subject is, is something altogether... Uh, more fascinating because we know that they did expeditions in the <clears throat> but like it first yeah. appeared on an official ger- uh, Russian map in like the 1890s or something like that where it, when it was first like discovered in like the expeditions and it was mapped in the coastline but there's all these like old maps from the 1400s that are apparently incorporated from even older maps and they're conglomerates of even older maps that we don't have copies of that show Antarctica's coastline as well hmm. But uh, also, you know, a, the skeptic's argument would be, well, we knew that there had to be a landmass there because of the way the Earth moves. Like, right. it, needed, yeah. it needed a balance there. And so we knew there was a landmass there. We just hadn't been there yet. Uh, but, and yet, these old maps from, like, you know, 800 years ago, they uh, seem to be a little too accurate. Interesting. Yeah. That, and, and a lot of this stuff is covered in a famous book from the 90s called Fingerprints of the Gods by Graham Hancock. Oh, I've heard of that, yes. Which, you know, you need to take that book with a grain of salt. He, totally. He definitely comes to some conclusions in his head and then finds the data to support that argument. But then there's tons of other things that are like kind of like huge questions still today. Right. I think like... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, like, with my t- conspiracy that I brought, I think the conclusion that I was trying to bring forth is that shit happened. Those things were said. Those were real people associated with one another. Nazis were involved. Yeah. Uh, and especially with, like, Werner being very prevalent about extraterrestrial life helping the Nazis. I'm not saying that the aliens helped the Nazis, all right? They clearly didn't do it very well. Um, 
but I guess I'm not not saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's so much there's of that a lot ties of Native together. American cultures that talk about underground tunnels and people. Oh and, yeah, in like Peru, they're like, oh yeah, no, they they came here. Yeah. That's what this whole the Viracocha. Yeah, that's what this whole fucking thing is about. <laughs> well, something to think about that I was uh, discovering recently, and he, it's a guy that's on the Rogan podcast with Graham Hancock. Sometimes he's a geologist. His name's Randall Carlson. Yeah, and so he's been a big. Uh, exposer of all the flood evidence that we can see now from satellites and stuff in the Pacific Northwest and that there was a cataclysm 12,000 years ago. But one one idea to think about, right? So in the fossil record, we can conservatively say that humans, Homo sapiens sapiens, mm-hmm. which is what we are, have been around for about 250,000 years. And there there were others, you know, we know about the Neanderthal and the Cro-Magnon and some of these paralleled time frames of, of us. Um, and so if we say, well, our civilization began in the Fertile Crescent 8,000 years ago, and that's it, and that's kind of the archaeological consensus, is that that's when it started. We finally had enough food to where we didn't have to hunt for it all the time, and so we were able to pursue art and technology and yeah. trade and things like that kind of sounds like if we had 250,000 years with the same brain capacity that at some point we would have gotten there, you know, instead right. of just six to 8,000 years ago. Yeah. And so what he points out, what Randall Carlson points out is let's take that 250,000 year time frame and the Earth's geological history and let's look at instances of massive events, right? And so he, he starts talking about, like, let's just take Hurricane Katrina, you know? I mean, in some ways, New Orleans has never recovered from from that. And he says, take it one order of magnitude higher than that, and that would be 10 times as worse, right? And so you could say maybe the, the tsunami in the Indian Ocean was one order of magnitude greater than Katrina, like 250,000 people died, right? Yeah. One order of magnitude higher than that would be 100 times as as devastating as Katrina, right? And so there's tons of things that have been on that two and three times magnitude scale that have happened across the earth uh, in that 250,000 year time frame that could potentially just wipe everything out right? where we wouldn't be able to even see it anymore except for these like rare fossils we find in these volcanic plains in like South Africa in in the southern parts of Africa and East Africa right and to the point where like you know glaciers melt and refreeze and the, the Gulf Stream and the currents of the ocean like totally fall apart and change climate everywhere and so you know let's just say that the sea level rose 200 feet in a year which it did 12,000 years ago and we know that to be true from Greenland ice core samples right 90% of the earth's population lives within however many miles of a coastline it would totally devastate us so you know there's been all these events and so some people would argue hey we've pro- there has probably been advanced civilizations before it doesn't mean they burned oil it doesn't mean they made plastics you know maybe they had some other thing that they discovered but they and were who advanced knows, maybe they were visited by vril as well or or <laughs> god that, i hope or not. that the vril were here and then they left when the shit hit the fan and then they came back again yeah. you know Check so that that's an interesting thing to think about so of course they, they, carson didn't talk about that yeah um, that's interesting, though. So maybe they the real haven't entirely figured it out yet. They're they're right. like, well, shit, that didn't work again. Yeah, I guess we'll come back in another <laughs> two thousand years. I guess we'll come back in. Uh, okay, so nineteen forty five, two thousand sixteen. 
when when Trump was. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to come back then. We'll see you. We'll put a sigh up in. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we got. I don't We're know if you guys heard of somebody. Somebody CIA named Alex Jones. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for to see what the CIA is cranking out now. Memes. What else? Memes. Oh my god, my fucking brain hurts, y'all. Yeah, that was that was awesome. That was good. That was such a. Good I'm gonna look into the Vril. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's a very interesting. Uh, it's a very fucking deep web. Um, I will admit, I did hear about it on Ancient Aliens one time, and I was like, I'm gonna go read about that. And sometimes, sometimes, like what I like to do is, <laughs> I might sound like a dork, but like I, I do like to read essays. I used to read them all the time. Right. In college, I used to write them all the time and get them published in like little web articles and shit. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that, and um, and uh, so like I'll try to see what literally anybody has anything to say about it. And you always got to, like, look for the common denominators, right? That is definitely something that's always going to be... When you're researching, common denominators are so key. So, like, those are, like, the rabbit holes that you go down. And God damn it, when I was doing my research... I, I don't think I wanted to know some of those things. Right, yeah. yeah like yeah. a Lester Crawley's involved. In, I love how, like, a Lester Crawley, like, he's in England with, like, fucking WB Yeats, and he's, he's like, yeah, those, those uh, wizard LARPing swingers over in Germany <laughs> are, trying, <laughs> are fucking getting, uh, getting some anti-Semitic uh, German workers' party together. Um I don't think that they're as cool as our wizard LARPing swinger swinger group, but, you know. Hey. Anyways, I'm going to go do the, uh, what was that big spell that Aleister Crowley tried to do? The uh, And he failed it, and he was just basically cursed, like, the rest of his life. Or did he fail? Maybe, it, it releases demons. Oh, shit. It's, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called. God yeah. damn. That was intense. That was great. Thank that was you. intense. I got a lot to think about now. Good podcast. That was a great podcast. That was good. We hope you, the listener, enjoyed it for one. <laughs> I hope you learned a little I something, you honestly. You know, and if you have a fun conspiracy theory you would like us to either learn about or talk about, please drop it in the comments. Like and subscribe. I, th- I think it's uh, it should be... Uh, we should definitely talk about how, like... Conspiracy is like history, right? Like, um, so much is speculated upon in regards to. I mean, we were speculating on something just earlier, and it's completely plausible, right? Yeah. There's nothing unreasonable about it, but like, I I think conspiracies are like really fucking fun. They're they're it's a lot of fun, and you do like learn something. Yeah. With with, between all of like the weirdness and shit, like there there is quite a bit of truth in in a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know like whether or not uh the kennedy assassinations were an mk ultra thing there was a fucking lady that they never talked to we do know that we could never find that lady and like their protocol for stuff like that was pretty intense at the time there's no doubt in my mind that they couldn't have found that that woman wasn't the uh plot of the movie the rock with nicholas cage and sean connery that Sean Connery knew where that film was, her film, and <laughs> right as he was dying, he told Nicholas Cage. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. 
Does this exist in the same universe as like National Treasure and? I hope so. Well, they say oh, that's an no, interesting it, it, idea. Well, no, it exists in the same world as James Bond because they never say they say Sean Connery was a captured MI6 agent. Uh huh. Oh my god. And, yeah, and he's actually James Bond in The Rock. That's the cons- that's that conspiracy. Theory. Just give him a little slap. Did you hear that interview? If the to- oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, if you watch it, um, what's uh, Barbara Walters is interviewing him, right? Yeah, I think so. And she he makes a joke after, and she laughs. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's not like appalled. She's like, <laughs> yeah, Sean. Yeah, don't hit me. Don't Dude, <laughs> what do we, what do we think about Sean hands. Connery? Do we think he was like a misogynistic piece of shit, or well, yeah. do we think that he was but genuinely he just kind movies. of facetious, a man of his time? He's a man of his time. Uh, for, oh, well, absolutely. That's I guess I'm a man of my time. Yeah, but do I mean, we do we think that he was facetious? Probably ninety nine percent of humanity in the history of it has been misogynistic. Yeah, oh sure, sure. He was probably on the better end of it. There's so many more men worse. <laughs> Women were quite enamored by him. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess uh, you know him. Him committing you know misogynistic behavior was no skin off his nose. He's like, I don't give it. Bill what? Burr has a good take on it. Oh yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. Check it out, oh, man. All right, man. Call it, call it a day. I don't know. Uh, we got. I got. Yeah, let's call an it. hour and a half. So. That was a fucking good. We're Icarus right now. That was great. You flying know, we're flying close to the close sun, to the sun yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do more follow ups. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed either. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Current events slash Once a month having Cal John conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the th- four or five episodes that we might do in, in like a month, yeah. one of those is Cal John conspiracy one. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, Couch, thanks for coming back thanks on. For thanks having for having me. Thanks for doing the a research. Lot of fun. Yeah, I yeah. learned a lot. Jesse, I learned a little too much. Yeah, that was. That was a lot. That's intense. That's intense. intense. <laughs> yeah. We might have to take a field trip to uh, the Rocket City and track down some some children of Ooh, of 80? the uh, of of the uh, the scientists that. There's knew. a suspicious yeah. amount of white folks that live in Huntsville. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. hmm. So, maybe we need to. Maybe we need to point the. Uh, the Vulcan antenna in that yeah. <laughs> I mean there might be tunnels under Montesano you know you don't know oh man oh shit alright well on that note on that note thank you again thank you Jesse turn thank on you, tune in Thanks, and burn Drew. out bye